We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show coming in live on this Wednesday evening is, well, we're just about over preseason basketball, 76ers and uh, Hawks will get it cranked up on Friday, and then we will be ready for the regular season. Let's head out to the WaitFord.com hotline. Let us forward deal. Let us talk to our buddy Brad Rowland. He's the host of the daily podcast, Locked On Hawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow Brad on his personal Twitter page, at BT Rowland. And, Brad, good to be back with you uh, for another season as um, winding down the preseason. And, you know, next week we're going to be talking about real live Hawks basketball. Yeah, we're, we're almost there. I think we're all about ready for that to be uh, starting with the actual life coming on, for sure. What, uh, what's been kind of some of the things that have stood out to you about preseason so far this year? I think that they, you know, they've been very open about the fact that Quinn Snyder is putting in a lot of his own stuff. And it's been, in some ways, the kind of usual preseason clunkiness. There have been some ugly moments. Uh, lots of fast pace, lots, lots of turnovers, like the stuff that you would expect for teams trying to ride into form. But it also looks like a Quinn Snyder team to me. Like they're taking more threes, which is kind of a staple of Quinn Snyder. They're playing a little bit faster. And in general, the ball is moving and players are moving, which I think is a big change I think everyone was looking for from the previous iteration where I think basically what everyone agreed on was that the Hawks were too stagnant offensively the last couple of years, not just last year, but even, even two years ago. So, I think that's, uh, you know, you, you want to be careful about what you look at in the preseason and what you overreact to, but it looks a lot more like what the Hawks have been preaching when it comes to, you know, more movement and more unselfishness, moving the ball, all that stuff. What do you think is going to be the biggest difference on offense without a guy like John Collins? I, I think that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of it is coming down to there'll be a little bit more uh, flexible. It's not really about Collins necessarily. Part of it is about John, who is a good player, and I think is probably an underrated player at this point. But um, he had a, also a pretty, pretty defined skill set um, that didn't always work perfectly with a center next to him like Capella or even a Collingwood, but especially, especially with Capella, whereas the guys who are going to be replacing him on offense, Sadiq Bey is much more of a shooter, more of a combo forward, smaller than Collins in terms of height and length, but um, more willing shooter for sure. And then Jalen Johnson is much more of a jack-of-all-trades guy who can do a lot more things. He's a better passer than Collins, for instance, better ball handler, so they're going to lose some stuff defensively for sure, but because the question was offensively, you know they're, they're a little bit more free flowing with Johnson and they have better shooting with Bay. So it, it it's kind of remains to be seen. You know they are losing some of that offensive rebounding, some of that you know lob sort of lob threat that Collins was, but they are sort of more um, I would say molded to what Snyder used to do in Utah, a little bit more, a little bit smaller in some ways, but also more skill level on the perimeter and kind of more versatility. Brad Rowland joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline, host of the daily podcast locked on hawks 
so Jalen Johnson, uh, let's talk about him for just a minute. So he averaged 14.9 minutes per game last year. And, you know, obviously we saw a lot of flashes with him over the course of the season. How much of an increase do you think, and I'm not looking for necessarily a specific number, but how big of a role do you think that he's going to have with this team now? And and how, you know, again, is he looking at a, a significant increase in minutes, a slight increase in minutes? Like, what do you gauge him as far as what he's going to be this season for the Hawks? Yeah, I, I think broadly I expect him to be in a much bigger role. And part of that is just the reality that John Collins is not there anymore. So there's just that, that's just a guy that left the rotation that really wasn't replaced. The Hawks traded him for very little, and they're going to elevate guys like Bay and Johnson. So I think just by default, you'll see more minutes from Johnson. And also, I think that you know, going into year three, his rookie season wasn't a total lost year, but he didn't play really at all at the big league level in his, in his rookie season. So I think it's kind of going to be sort of a year two situation where you expect some growth. And I think you know, this staff is a little bit better um, set up to embrace what Jalen does. He's not a plug-and-play guy, and that makes it difficult in some respects. Like He's not a perfect half-court offensive player, but I think Snyder is a little bit more open, a little bit more versatile in what he does offensively to kind of incorporate someone like Johnson, who's not a proven shooter at this point, but has really good ball skills, and he's so athletic and all that stuff. So long story short, he's also a better defender than Sadiq Bey is, which I think could be useful for a team that has some backcourt defensive problems, to say the least. So I think that you'll see Jalen – I don't know what the actual number is, like you said, but it's going to be significantly more. I think it's going to be at least 20, 25 minutes a game, something like that. He might even start at some, time, at some point this year. It might even be starting on opening night. We don't know exactly he's going to start before opening night. But I do think that I'm pretty confident by just the numbers game, he has to play a much bigger role than last year and something in the mid-20s, what would be my guess, minutes-wise. How much do you think Kobe Bufkin is going to realistically play this year for this team? I think not a ton um, pending injury. I think we've seen in the preseason they're, I think, smartly using their first-round pick uh, a decent amount. Like He's been kind of like their number nine or ten guy a lot of times, depending on who's, not, depending on who's playing and who's not. But this is still a team that I think when the lights come on, they're going to use Trey and DeJounte for probably all 48 point guard minutes when they're both healthy. And they've been using Buffkin more in that point guard role. He is more of a combo, but I think the combination of trying to win now uh, a pretty deep team, honestly, when everyone is healthy. And the fact that, you know, rookie guards especially, and he's not, um, he, he's not a, a, a super young one and done, but he is certainly a younger guy coming into the league. Um, I think objectively, he's probably not going to help you win a lot. So it's, it's, it's an interesting balance that they really didn't do at all with Jalen two years ago where they kind of decided he wasn't going to help them and just didn't play him at all. I think when Trey or DeJounte is out, you'll probably see more of Bufkin uh, intentionally um, for development purposes. But if you were trying to win a game, like let's, let's just say next Wednesday when the lights come on, I, I doubt Bufkin's going to help you do that. So I think he's going to be kind of on the, outs- on the outside looking in when it comes to regular minutes. One of the other things I'm curious about is do we start to see the, I, I don't know, for, for lack of a better word, the transition of uh, an Anyeka Kongu, not replacing Clint Capella, but you know, if you look, I mean, Capella's obviously had several injuries. I think he only played 65 games last year. When you look at the minutes, you know, Capella was 26.6 minutes. Okongwu was 23.1 minutes. Does that start to change? Like, does Okongwu start to take over more of the center role? Or do you – and I'm not even talking about necessarily starting, but, again, it doesn't really matter who starts as much as who's going to finish the game. But do you see kind of that natural evolution or transition into Okongwu as the center for this team? 
I think a little bit. I'm a little bit surprised, big picture, that Capella's still on the roster because just based on the last couple of years, not not because of anything with him necessarily, but they drafted this guy in Kongwu, you know, you know, three plus years ago now, and you would you would have guessed that by now, as a number six overall pick, he'd probably be starting, especially because he's played well when he's played. It's just that you know the Hawks, I think, rightly have noted that Capella helps them win, and he's a veteran. He does a lot of things well. He's beloved in that locker room. He's a great rebounder, all that stuff. Um, to answer the question, I think that you know it's more of the same of last year with maybe a little bit of a hint toward a Kongwu, if that makes sense. I think you're probably going to see, as long as Capella is here, which is not a given, like he could be traded at some point. He, he was obviously available this summer. But I think you know it's kind of a good problem to have, but Capella is almost too good to come off the bench, if that makes sense, as a veteran in the league. I think he's probably a top 15 or 20 center in the league. It's hard to have that guy come off the bench. So all that said, I think you'll see a Kongwu play – um, at least as much as last year, I think, um, not to go all the way into this number, but when Capella was out last year, you saw 30-plus minutes for Kongu, and that's kind of a good path to have him play and expand his game. And I'd be careful with Capella. I think if Capella has any sort of nagging injury, back-to-backs, I'll be looking to kind of rest him a little bit and, and you know, keep him fresh, and you have that luxury because you have a Kongu. But I think if everybody's healthy, maybe an even split. I can't really see a Kongu playing regularly more than Capella for the season. Maybe in a, in a game, sure. sure. I think Quinn's not going to be afraid to do that in a matchup. But I think if you ask me, like, when, the, when they both play, who plays more minutes on the whole, I would lean to Capella. But it'll be, it'll be, it'll be closer than it's ever been, let's, let's just say that. Yeah, and, and, you know, I am curious because, again, you know, if we are going to make a run this year, and, and it is going to have to be, you know, not just – a first-round playoff exit, but if we're going to legitimately make make a run, you have to have guys like Capella healthy. I mean, not just through the 82, but he's got to be healthy and, and rested and, and ready to go come playoff time. And I think he is a valuable piece. I think I think I think it's going to be fascinating to see a whether or not if Okongu steps forward, would they be willing to move him? Would they be move, willing to move Capella at the deadline? Or do you just still kind of roll the dice and, and, and give him as much rest as you can? Because I do think that that's an interesting dynamic of just what kind of role Okongu can play. And if he's stepping forward, does that make Capella expendable? Yeah, and, and we could see. I don't know if we will. And uh, Spider's been pretty coy to this point. But we could see them at least try them together. Um, that's been sort of a taboo in the last couple of years. And I get it. Like, they're, they've been very clear. Okongu despite the fact that he's an undersized center, is a center. And he says that, so does the team. I agree with that he's a center. But they could try to have them play together, if nothing else, to just get a Kongo on the floor more. Because he's a guy, look, as a former lottery pick, you know, if you're his agent, you'd like him to be starting by now. You'd like him to be playing more minutes by now. He's, he's extension eligible in the next week, for instance. So, like, there's an interesting – you brought the dynamic there. There's a lot of things happening, like, fortunately – Akangwu is a great guy by all accounts, and he, he and Clint get along well, so there's no like internal strife there, but eventually you're going to want to play him more and more, and maybe that's one way to look at it if they want to at least experiment with that. It's not going to be a frequent look, but in certain matchups you might see it. Brad, who's the guy that needs to step up this year? Who, who really needs to take that step forward, not just for the success of the team, but just personally is about whether or not he can really play? Yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of generally looked to the forward group in general. We talked about Jalen earlier a little bit. Um, I would probably say to one guy, I would say DeAndre Hunter. And that's not a, a new opinion necessarily. He was, of course, a top five pick a few years ago. He already got paid um, as a starting level player. But I think in general, it would be fair to say that Hunter has been relatively underwhelming 
through four years. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been unplayable. He hasn't been, you know, any of those things. I think he's been a perfectly fine NBA player. But for what they've invested in him and what this team needs, I would say crucially, they need that two-way forward that Hunter is supposed to be because, you know, for better or worse, they have these two guards who are smaller, some defensive trouble there, and Hunter is really the, the guy. I mean, maybe Jalen Johnson becomes this as well, but Hunter right now is the guy who's supposed to be that two-way defensive forward who can also space the foreign offense. And um, so far, if he's the same guy he's been the last two, three, four years, the Hawks have kind of a ceiling for me. It doesn't mean they can't be better than they were last year. I think they probably will be, but he kind of unlocks them. If he takes a step forward, that would very much help. And if he doesn't, that also might tell the organization, like, it's time to figure something else out. Because, yeah, he, again, he's not killing them, but they've already paid him. They're going to get expensive in the, in the coming years. They have a lot of guys going to be, going to be getting paid already. So uh, I am circling Hunter probably the third straight year I've done that, to be fair. But I'm circling him as a guy who's a, kind of a pivot point for the future in particular as well as the present. Well, and I think that's the thing, Brad, is that you're really banking on these guys that have been here to really step up because – there hasn't been an infusion of all of a sudden this outside talent into the organization. And again, Murray, I know just was, is in, you know, he, he played his first year last year, but I'm talking about just the idea of they went out in the free agent market and added pieces and this, then the other. If you can't get some of these guys internally to really step their game up, I don't see how this franchise continues to move forward. I mean, you can only rely on Trey and DeJounte so much. You have to have some of these guys that, either you've drafted or you've brought in or what have you continue to elevate their game. If we're going to get somewhere. Yeah. And they're clearly banking on internal development. I mean, you know, Quinn Steiner is their big addition. Um, I know he was already here last year, but um, they're talking like, and and I agree, like he has a full summer, a full training camp and that's what they're banking on. But they're also, to your point, they're really leaning into, we got to be better internally because yeah, it's still, it's still a relatively young team. But they didn't really make big changes. And yet, Jalen Johnson's an obvious breakout candidate. A.J. Griffin, maybe. But guys like Hunter, guys like Okongwu in, in a bigger role. Because, you know, it's, it's hard to expect. I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, to go from 41 and 41 to being about the most average team possible last year, to do what they want to do this year without making that, you know, external addition, it's going to really require guys to just improve. I mean, they, they weren't even that hurt last year. They weren't banged up. Like, obviously, every team, every team had injuries, but they didn't have a huge injury either. So, they're hoping and crossing their fingers that Snyder unlocks his team. But um, along the way, some guys have to improve. Brad Rowland is the host of the Daily Locked on Hawks podcast. Follow him on his personal Twitter page, at BT Rowland, and he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Brad, as always, my friend, appreciate a few minutes uh, on the show, and we will certainly chat again with you here soon. Thanks for having me, as always. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio Night on the Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.